Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the African Fantasy Football Podcast with myself, Adam Spio, and my ever-present Arsenal fan, Sabelo Mbongo. Sabelo, how are you doing today? How was Game Week 2 for you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Game Week 2 was actually very bad. I had McAllister in my team. He got a red card. And, you know, I didn't get the points that I usually get. But then we try again next week. How was it for you? I'll be very honest, Sabello. I did not enjoy Game Week 2 as well for the only reason that the person I captained, Salah, couldn't give me enough points. But at the same time, I'm somewhat happy that Haaland also blanked out because he means that the majority of fantasy football managers who have him also struggled like me. So it somewhat balances it out. But I would have really enjoyed if the top people that we put in our teams like Salah, like Bruno Fernandes, like Saka, like Haaland, like Isak would have, you know, given us the points that we want, wanted. But rather people like Soli March and Brian Mbwemo. After Brian Mbwemo, I'm not surprised that he's doing well, you know, because Ivan Tony is not around, so he's taking up all the responsibility. But for people like March, people like Visa, people like Bailey, who rather got points and are knowing a lot of teams, you can just see that Game Week 2 was only good for a few managers. Apart from the 20% plus people who had Mbwemo, Mituma, and Estupinian in their team, and even Odingard, everybody else was bleeding. So, yeah, it's, it's been a very tough Game Week 2. Yeah, Adam, I couldn't agree more. Even with me, with my points, Estupinian is the only player that did well in my team. Luis Diaz got me some points. William Saliba as well, as well as my goalkeeper. Haaland really disappointed and Isak. Haaland, I thought he was going to get at least a goal, you know, but then he was nowhere to be found in that match. When I checked in the league, a lot of managers were in the same situation as me because I see they also got, like, low points. Not a lot of people got a lot of points. But this week we try again and we shift our squads. And talking about Brandon Wemo, I saw him. I thought about signing him, but then I hesitated. Now I really regret it. And you were, tell- you were telling me and Nana about it. And now I realize that I should have signed him when I still had time. But then there's still time. It's only game week two. People yeah. are underperformed. FPL, so, you know, like we're always saying, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, you know, with an average of 44 points for game week two, a lot of people were bleeding. But oh, start to make sense from game week three going onward, right? Managers will still have to be very, you know, cautious of the upcoming fixes. Right, let's jump straight into things for this episode. The top 10 performing players for Game Week 2 points-wise were Brian Buemo with 16 points, Soli March with 15 points, Leon Bailey with 14 points, Diogo Jota with 12 points, Mitoma with 12 points, Estupinian with 11 points, Vicario, who was a very surprised, um, you know, um, placer, if I may say, in this list, uh, because, you know, in a team where you're new in there for the first time, and in a game where Man United were supposed to score a lot of goals, he was able to get, you know, the points that he needed to protect himself. And Visa, of course, scored a goal, 11 points, Odingard, 11 points, and Ariola with 10 points. Which of these players, Sabello, 
was a standout performance for you. Who did you? Who are you surprised to see that they had you know double figure points in game two? For me, it will have to be Leon Bailey. I mean, I feel like that this is a better performance from the first game where they lost, and then now coming to this week, they played very well. Even got himself a lot of points. But I can't forget about the the goalkeeper Vicario. I mean, I didn't think he's a new guy in the league. He's at a new team, so I didn't expect much from him. So it was a surprise performance for me. But then the Villa and Brighton boys did very well. I think when you think about the goalkeeping options, and a lot of managers have Onana in their squad. I mean, it's only early days, but knowing his track record, knowing the kind of playing style that he likes to have, do you think he'll be able to give managers a lot of points, you know, consistently? Because against Tottenham Hotspurs, I mean, he was nowhere to be found when it came to making the very big saves and even trying to get clean sheets. I think that Onana might be a big player in the coming game weeks. I feel like he, he just got here, so he still has to find his feet. So once he finds his feet, he's gonna be he's gonna play a very big role in the team, and then that will translate to more points in the FPL. And if people should should keep him. People that have him, I'd advise them to keep him because I feel like he's only gonna get better and better. Sabelo, I'm aware that Tony Awoyuni is in you know two percent of managers in FPL their squads and. He's not one that you would invest a lot of money into as compared to Haaland where it's, it's safe to say that he would score a goal or assist in a game. But do you think it's, it's too early days for managers to consider having him as a long-term stay in the squads? He did play very well against Sheffield United, but we can also say that Sheffield United just came into the Premier League. So it would, it would have been expected of a team that has spent one year in the league and survived to have an upper hand over a team that just came in. Yeah, I feel like Taiwani he's playing very well against these sides. But then if you sign him, you have to remember that Forest and they're still gonna come up against the likes of City, Arsenal, Newcastle, all of those teams. So I feel he won't perform as well as he did against Sheffield, considering that it is a lower quality team compared to the Cities, the Arsenals, the United. So He's a good guy to keep around, probably, for when he faces other sides. But then, in general, I don't think in the long term, he's going to get that many points. Sabello, Thomas Frank and his Brentford boys are looking to be a huge nuisance to a lot of teams in the Premier League this season. And China also obtained the heights that teams like Aston Villa and Brighton obtained last season. And Johan Visa, we can see that he's enjoying his game two goals in two games. Brandon Bormann is also enjoying the responsibility that he's having right now. Do you think those two players can be long-term stays for a lot of managers moving forward? They play very well. And you're right, they're going to be a nuisance to a lot of teams because I was watching when they were playing. Um, they, they, They're really good. You can't even tell that there's no Ivan Tony. A lot of people used to say that, you know, Ivan Tony is their main man, is their backbone. But then Brandon Bormann and Wisa are proving to, to step up and carrying the figurative mental because they're playing very well and they're playing better compared to uh, when they had Tony. So I'm thinking by the time that Tony comes back, they're going to be even better. 
So, yeah, Brentford is definitely a team to look out for, even for big sides, because it could be a surprise. So, they must watch out. One team that is really enjoying a huge eye right now is Brighton. You know, Solimach is scoring, Sabrina is scoring and assisting goals. Mitchell is scoring and assisting goals. Do you think they can keep up this consistency for the next five to ten games? Brighton, I feel like they can because, you know, they're not that old Brighton that people are used to. You know, Brighton was was once a team that people didn't consider a threat. And all of a sudden, they became a threat. So why wouldn't they become a threat to everyone else? And then looking at their next few games, they have quite the run. I think they'll do well. They have West Ham in their next game. And then they have Newcastle and Man United. Their game between Brighton and Newcastle would be a very interesting one and a united one considering that they haven't had the best of starts to the season and by the time they play brighton brighton will be still at the top of their game and united will still be trying so it will be an interesting watch as well so i'm i reckon brighton could be quite a force in this current premier league season i mean according to the fixture rating difficulty on the fpo app for their next seven game weeks they have three out of seven teams having a rating of four, which is a home to Newcastle, away to Manchester United, and a home to Liverpool. Now, we know what they did to Liverpool last season, how they really gave them a run for their money and destroyed them like nobody's business. In the minds of FPL managers, a fixture rating of four is a tough one. But we know that Tottenham Hotspur were able to push Manchester United aside last game week and take the three points. I see this happening where Brighton and Hove Albion can get six points out of a possible nine from these four level rating for the fixture difficulty. However, it's not going to be easy for them. We know that Manchester United would want to prove, you know, to be very good this season. Liverpool is also finding their feet, having won a game and drawn one in the first two game weeks in the Premier League. It's definitely one to watch for Brighton and Wolverhampton. At least as a manager, having a player or two from their team will do a huge service because you know that Estepinian is a very high chance for him to either score or assist. And also for Mituma to either score or assist. One player I did not like the fact that he did not have a chance to start a game was Joao Pedro. And this is very strange for me because... He had started the first game week and he scored a penalty. Sabelo, how how was that for you? And what came to mind about what Deserbi would perhaps plan to do? Will we see a Deserbi roulette as we've been seeing with Pep Roulette all season since he came? This Premier League season is very different to the last one. I mean, Deserbi, he's changing the game. Everybody thought when Graham Potter left, ah, Brighton is going to fall. Considering they also sold some of their stars, people think thought they were going to underperform. So it must take a good manager to to keep his men in order, to 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 coach this kind of side. And then, you know, turning people, players that people would think are regular players into people who are really a problem in the league. So I feel like that it takes a good manager to do that. In the previous episode, we advised FPL managers to give the captain armband to Mohamed Salah. 
And it's evident that in game week two, he performed way ahead of Erlen Haaland. Is this going to be a very top season for Erlen and for him to replicate the high performance that he, he, he brought through into the game last season? I feel like it's going to be difficult for him because he doesn't have a De Bruyne behind him. You know, the front line of Manchester City has changed a bit. There's no Ilke Gundogan, and then they're going to be without De Bruyne for some time. So who's going to get in him? Who's going to get him the supply, you know, because we all know that Erling Haaland is not a game-playing striker. He's a one-touch striker, a, a poacher striker. He just, he just wants to score. He's not that person that you want during link-up play. He's not the person. So it is going to be sort of a tough season for him because, you know, he doesn't have those people around him. But then when it comes to Mo Salah, Mo Salah has been good for a couple of years now. I mean, everybody knows like Mo Salah is pretty good. So captaining Haaland right now won't be advisable, I would say. But then, you know, depending on what team he plays against, you know, some defenses are harder than others. But then overall, I don't think we're going to see the same numbers that we did from last season. Sabelo, who were your standout performers for each position for Game Week 2? I'll go first for me. I like the fact that Aviola, although he conceded a goal, was still able to get 10 points. It's going to prove important for a lot of managers coming into the mid part of the season where a lot of people will be using their wild cards and will try to get in a cheaper option that is very good. And, you know, at the price of 4.0 million pounds, it's a good option to have him if you want to put 0.5 million into other positions within the squad. I think for the defenders, I like the fact that all year was able to record an assist, you know, against Sheffield United. What it means is that he's going to have a bit more of an attacking positioning, which we've always known him to be in this setup. And perhaps if you do have the money to afford him, you should add him to your squad because he can be a real blessing in disguise for you. I also love the fact that Dinya got me 10 points. Last season, I used to have him in my team a lot, knowing very well that he was good with crosses, was good with set pieces, but he just wasn't able to find his feet after moving to Everton, you know, because he, he, he had impressed for us managers many a times during his time at Everton, but he, he wasn't able to do well. Saliba, though, though, I remember in episode one, you made mention of the fact that you're going to include Arsenal defenders in your team long term because they're going to bring in the clean sheets and the points that, you know, would want. And Saliba proved evident for that. Pinnock, oh, I also like Pinnock. In fact, I remember when I was creating the draft for my team, I had Pinnock coming in um, so many times and removing him. But he's also one of the long-term people that I'll bring in because, like you said early on, Brentford is going to be a very difficult side to face this season. And the more clubs invest into having, you know, a strong um, defence system like in Brentford, you can only know where they'll go to in the subsequent game weeks. I love the fact that, what's his name, Bailey is doing well. Because, you know, when Dia is injured, and for Aston Villa to be consistent, all the pressure cannot be on Watkins alone. The other players have to step up. So Bailey stepping up, can be a good option for managers coming through uh, so that you don't have a situation where a lot of people are only picking the very best of people just because, you know, they're performing. There are a lot of budget enablers like himself, Bailey, who if a lot of managers 
can just take a leap of faith and say we're going to invest into him, they'll really benefit from it. Estupinian, he's too expensive for my liking, you know, and I don't think that I'd want to invest into him, although he would give me points. I see him like Alexander-Arnold situation where, you know, you can't, you can't afford, it's just too expensive for you. And at the price of $8 million, for me, it doesn't make sense having him in my squad at all. To be honest, but yes, Sabello, what about you? Who were your team players of the week in the team? In the goalpost, Rams did very well, considering that how much pressure that Arsenal faced after the red card they got on Monday. It was a very tough game for them. They made it tough for themselves as well. So in the post, I'd have to, I'd have to be him, and obviously Vicario. I mean, nobody saw that one coming. I feel like he, he was the dark horse overall this week because not a lot of people have him in their team and then in the back line it will be Estupinian if you don't have him like Adam says he is a bit pricey but then he does the work I mean this week he got a goal he got an assist coming from a full pack it's hard for any attacking player to get a goal and assist in a game but then from a full pack it is exceptional so you can already imagine what type of player he's going to be this season and then William Saliba William Saliba as well. Wow. He was he was good this game. I was watching him. I was watching the tackle that he was making. There's a tackle there's a tackle that he made on Andre Ayu. I think it was the second half. That tackle was Ayu was clean through there. And then Saliba came to our rescue. So Saliba definitely is gonna be a crucial player this week. And then in the midfielder, you told me about Mbuemo long ago. And then now I saw it myself. You know, Mbuemo is is as a quality player and I'm thinking he's probably gonna be wanted by some top teams come end of the season if he continues in this form and then he played pretty well he's the highest pointsman in 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 the league this week and he played very well last week as well so I'm thinking if he proves to be consistent as he has passed over the past game two game weeks he's gonna be very good and then in the forward position Unfortunately, my strike is disappointed. You know, I had faith in Nico Jackson. He flopped. You didn't know. Chelsea didn't play that well. Enzo, their star man, missed the penalty. And then their most expensive player came on and gave a penalty. So, you know, as a manager, I'd advise people to stay away from Chelsea players for now until at least if they find their feet or when they find their feet. I'd suggest to stay away. And the striker, Miguel Antonio, did very well. I mean, Villa played well in general, but then he played his role as well. So for me, he is the attacker, the striker of the, of the game week. So the match has three, Mbomo has three, Taiwo has two, Luz Diaz two, Erling two, Isak two, and Johan Visa two. Of course, we know that Erling is going to score more goals as they face um, teams across the season. He's known to have that on and off patch, but when he comes on, he can be on for a very long time. Out of these players, uh, for me, I think Sully March and Lewis and also Isaac can score a bit more goals across the season, maybe give us like 15 to 20 goals, possibly. Um, Brian Buemo well, can also give us maybe 15 to 20, 25 goals this season if 
he's able to place his chances and use them very well. Who do you think out of these players will be consistent and score goals? For me, I feel like Alexandra Isak will be more consistent because of the way Newcastle is playing and how they are coming at these teams. You know, they held Man City, which a lot of top European sides struggle against, and then they were able to hold them. But then, to be fair, City was without Bernardo Silva, but regardless, they had a big majority of their squad. And then Haaland, he's going to score a lot of goals as well, but then I feel like he won't score as much as he did last season. You know, a lot of players have left. A lot of people that were supplying him have left. And then De Bruyne is out, so it's going to be a harder season for him to score, to, to, to get more goals. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. But Soli March as well. I mean, Soli March, he's, he's been a good player. Like before, like everybody that, that watches Bre- uh, Brighton will tell you that Soli March is a very good player. And then with with uh, Brighton, with their current form, who knows how far or how many goals he could get, you know. As long as Brighton keep up their performances, I'm, I'm betting that he's going to do very well. What about you? I think for me, a surprise mention for that list will be Darwin Nunes. I know he hasn't started both games um, for Liverpool so far, but he's one that looks hungry and there'll be a lot of motivation for him to prove a point for you know this season that he is one of the best strikers or he can be one of the best strikers in the world should the opportunity be given to him. So I think that he can find his way into the top five of the Golden Boots. Ellen Haaland, of course, will score a lot of goals. I don't know why managers are pretty that he won't score as many goals this season as compared to last season. Last season, I remember I watched a video where there was this guy who was saying that, oh, Haaland, you know, will not have a superb season because of the German um, tax for too many players. You know, people like Sancho, Timo Werner, who were high flying in the German league when he came to the Premier League and struggled. So that tax is existing. But Haaland proved to everybody that that tax doesn't, you know, apply to him. And game with three, they're going away to Sheffield. Sheffield just came into the Premier League. I know that Pep wouldn't want to be in a difficult situation that they were in against Newcastle because, of course, Newcastle is a top side. So he would like to break in as many goals as possible. So I think Haaland would score so many goals, potentially maybe surpass his record from last season, you know, if that individual ambition is there. But we we should we shouldn't we shouldn't uh write him off yet. Salah would also find himself into the top five of the Golden Boots this season. As a Liverpool fan, I would hope that he wins the Golden Boots and we get a lot of trophies coming through this season. Let's quickly go through the fixtures for game week three. So, Sabello, we have in Game Week 3, the first game on Friday, Chelsea versus Luton Town at 7 p.m. GMT. Then on Saturday at 11.30 a.m. GMT, we have Benmark versus Spurs. Then at 2 o'clock, there are four games, 2 p.m. GMT, there are four games where Fulham is away to Arsenal, Brentford is home to Crystal Palace, Everton is home to Wolves, and Nottingham Forest go away to Old Trafford face a side that is struggling in two games already. I read an article where it said that Manchester United had lost, I believe, 3-0 to, was it Brentford or Burnley um, behind closed doors. So you can see that they're struggling. But I would like to get 
on their feet and Saturday's games end at 4.30 p.m. GMT with Brighton versus West Ham on Sunday at 1 p.m. GMT. We have Burnley versus Aston Villa at at 1 again. We have Sheffield United versus Man City. And the game for the weekend, Newcastle versus Liverpool. We all know how tough that game was for Liverpool last season where they ended up drawing the game. Sabello, what is going to be the highest scoring game FPL-wise and the lowest scoring game FPL-wise for you? In this game week, I think that um, the first game of the week, uh, the Chelsea and Luton will be a, a high scoring game. I feel like Chelsea have a point to prove and they're going to want to prove their point against Luton because Luton... They don't match them. I mean, Chelsea are signing a player every other day. Chelsea's squad depth and in comparison to Luton, who just came up, that that's going to be a huge advantage for them. But then money doesn't necessarily translate to good performances. But then we will see. We will see. And then lowest scoring game, I'm thinking maybe Brighton and West Ham. I feel like it's going to be probably like a draw or a 1-0 or 2-0, two 2-1 nil, two type of game. I feel it's going to be very good. And then the Newcastle and Liverpool game is going to be a great watch. Um, that game is going to be a great watch. I feel like the people that are facing each other, it's the second game week. I feel like it's going to be harder for Newcastle coming off of last week's fixture. I mean, it was already intense, you know, and they're already getting into another intense match. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot for them. But I feel... They'll do well. Even if they lose, they won't lose by a large score, maybe a one-goal lead. And, yeah, that's what I think. What do you think? Which goal, Which game do you think will score the highest and lowest? I think, for me, Sheffield versus Manchester City is going to be an extremely interesting one. Um, Pep would like to get back to his consistency with scoring 45 games. Um, you know, regularly, so that the motivation, the excitement, the energy is returned. Uh, you wouldn't want to prove to people that De Bruyne is the kryptonite. You know that if he's not around, they can't perform very well. So that for me is going to be my selection for the highest scoring FPL game wise. And I think my lowest scoring, I have to give it to Everton versus Wolves. Um, I really don't like the fact that you know. Everton is out of place. Like, they're making it tough for, you know, that whole good name about the Premier League having mainstays and very good teams that can be very consistent. And I also don't like the way they play. I think Jordan Pickford, for me, is a very negative player with his approach to playing. I would rather like they, you know, being a bit more attacking, a bit more exciting to watch the way we see Brighton and Brentford playing. Because they do have the potential, they do have the players who can pull up and, you know, perform when they just put their mind to it. But unfortunately for us, two seasons in a row, they were battling relegation. I think this is a good battle relegation as well. So that for me will be my lowest scoring game. So, Bello, who are your top three captain picks for game with three and why? And this week, my number one captain choice will probably have to be Bukayo Saka. We are playing against um, Fulham. Fulham is not our toughest opponents, but then they can be a problem. But I don't think this week they will prove to be a problem. So my number one will probably be Bukayo Saka. My number two will be Erling Haaland. 
because he's facing Sheffield. He's a beast. I don't think these defenders are going to be able to cope with him. I feel like you'll get a goal or two in this week's fixture. Um, and number three, I'm kind of torn between Amitoma and Enes Dupinian. But then I'd probably give it to, to one of them or Solly March, as you have mentioned before. Uh, I feel like he'll, he'll play a crucial role. All three will play a crucial role in this in Saturday's game. So it's very interesting to see. It's going to be interesting. Who are your top three captains? I mean, I always say Captain Salah because for me, um, I always want him to do very well. He's at Wars and going to face Newcastle. The momentum I'll face on our side, we've won our game, our players are positive, the vibe at Anfield is good. I believe we can take that away to St. James Park and you know, get the three pointers. So I would captain Salah. I would definitely also give the armband to Haaland this week, looking that you're going away to a team that just came into the Premier League and lost game week two. So there'll be a lot of buzz and positivity for City to prove, you know, themselves that they can be consistent, you know, regardless of the competition that comes to them. And I think I'll give my third armband to and this is a surprise one, but I'll give it to Brian Mbwemo. Um, Looking at the playing Crystal Palace, and, you know, he's already has three goals. I believe the consistency is going to come through for him. And they're going to be hungry. They're going to be dedicated. They're going to want to prove a point that they're one of the best teams in the Premier League for this season and the subsequent seasons to come. So my top three, Salah, Arlen, and Brian and Mbwemo. Fantastic. Now... Who is that youngster that you want to follow for game with three, knowing very well that opportunities can come through for them? Uh, a youngster that I'll probably look forward to this game week will probably be Cole Palmer from Manchester City. I feel since Mares is gone, they don't really have a player that plays that side. And Cole Palmer, in both of the fixtures, he has featured for for City in that position this season he has scored. So I'm thinking if they play him again this week, he'll probably do well and I feel like it's him. I don't think there's an alternative, but then maybe you have one. Who do you think will probably be a youngster to look out for this game week? I mean, I have to agree with you with, you know, Kopama. He's looking very exciting. The fact that Pep said that there's no way he's going on loan to that he's paid or he'll be sold. And he, like you mentioned, he can be a very good replacement for Mares on that right-hand side. And also, of course, you know, Pep likes to have multiple players doing very well. He doesn't want players to feel as though positions are their own as compared to people like the Bryan and Ellen. And if we were seeing Alvarez do very well this season, you know, so it's going to be very exciting. I think for me, he can be also a captain pick, my fourth choice, although um, it's top three. I'll give him a good mention for a captain pick because he's performed well in game week one and game week two, and I believe he can keep that momentum going. There we have it, folks. Episode two of the African Fantasy Football Podcast. Do make sure you add the key players into your squad and tune in to our podcast every week for exciting 
takes on everything FPO throughout this season. It's me, Adam Spio, and my co-host, Sabelo, in Bond. Till we meet next week, bye.